A year and a half ago, when I first came here, in my first homily, I talked about the importance of the Bible. You all remember that, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and it was before we started the renovation, so it was in the, the old church. And I mentioned that the Bible is our story. It's our template. It's our blueprint. It's about God. It's about us. So we know everything we need to know about salvation and what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. Now, one of the ways that we can look at it, and I've already talked about this in a, to a certain extent, is to break it down into covenant. So what's a covenant? A covenant is an agreement between one person who is powerful and people who are called to obey that covenant. So if we look at scripture, we can see all different types of covenants that God entered into with human beings. Now some scholars say there are four, there are five, there are seven, there are 10. Well, I'm gonna make it easy on you because I'm gonna quiz you on this. I'm gonna stick with five, five major covenants. Now, another word that means covenant is testament. Testament, covenant means the same thing. So we could say uh, our readings are from the new covenant or from the old covenant. It's the same thing, testament, covenant. So if we look at the Old Testament, we see various covenants. So the four that, and we really need to remember these because this is a way we can teach other people about salvation. The first one we call the Noachic covenant, Noah. Okay, God entered into a covenant with Noah and God said, I'm not gonna destroy the world again. So there's the first one. Now some people would say Adam and Eve was the first one, and you can, that's fine. But for our purposes, Noah. Second one, the Abrahamic covenant, Abraham. God entered into a covenant with Abraham and said, Abraham, I will make you the father of many nations who come to the Lord. So a very major covenant in the Old Testament. The next one, the Mosaic covenant, Moses. Again, we all know what happened there. God brought the people out of slavery in Egypt and said, um, you are my people and you're going to the promised land. And God did what he said he was going to do. The people didn't do what they were supposed to do, but God always does. So the fourth one and the last one of the old covenant that I'm gonna mention is the Davidic covenant, David, King David. God set David up as the perfect king, ruler, the father of the people, and so his issue, Solomon and others were supposed to continue following through on that covenant. Well, of course they didn't. So if we look at the four covenants that I just mentioned in the Old Testament, they were failures. Now God never failed, you know, he's still with it. He's still promising and faithful but the people failed. So now we come to the new covenant, and this is the perfect covenant that did not fail, and we are living in it right now. That is the covenant who is Jesus. Jesus is the new covenant. He is the testament of God. And 
while we can take all those other covenants and put them into words, God promises this, the people promise that, when it comes to the, the new covenant, we don't do that because Jesus himself is the covenant. He's the fullness of expression of God's love for us and his care for us. And so what we're going to be celebrating in two weeks is the first part of that covenant, the establishment of it in the birth of Jesus. So here's God, the incarnation. He became a human being. And then we conclude with his death and resurrection and ascension. So the earthly part of God's covenant has been achieved, and we're living in it, okay? We're not waiting for it to happen. It has already happened. So that's really important to remember uh, because it is the covenant that is successful because it is God. It's about God. It's the fullness of God. Now, we are waiting for the last part of the covenant to happen, and that's when God comes in glory. Okay, that will conclude everything, the final act of the covenant, the successful covenant in Jesus Christ. We're waiting for it. So in a very important way, uh, Advent is a time to remember that, to think about it. Because again, in two weeks, we, we celebrate the first part of that covenant, the incarnation, Christmas. And then uh, at the end of Lent, we celebrate the fulfillment of it on the earth. And now we're waiting for him to come in glory. Now, here's the, the issues. Some people don't believe that's going to happen, that God's going to come in glory. Many people don't. Um, I hope we do, <clears throat> that we believe he's going to come in glory. The other part is, we're supposed to be saying, Lord, come now. Don't delay. Do we really want God to come right now? We've got to ask ourselves that question. I think a lot of people would say, yeah, I, I, eventually I'd like God to come, but you know, I'm having a ball right now. <laughs> and I don't want God to interfere with my life. Even though we should know as Christians that heaven is a lot better than this life. It's the fulfillment of God's plan. God had a plan. Adam and Eve screwed up, and human beings all through history said no. Many Christians who believe in God say no. And so what's going on? And so when is God going to come? I don't know. I don't know. But Peter makes a very interesting remark in that second reading. He says, so how are you supposed to be living your lives now? And he says, live holy lives. Now, a holy life is given to us by God. And Peter says that if we truly live holy lives, what we're going to be doing is hastening the coming of the Lord. If we live holy lives, we're going to hasten the coming of the Lord, which means we're going to influence God's coming. Well, obviously, we're not doing that, right? It's not happening. We are not. Uh, now, we may be in our own ways hastening it, but in one sense... We have to say, we need more people to help us with that. We need far more people who are living holy lives and hastening the coming of the Lord. How's that going to happen? Well, we go right back to who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. 
you, in a particular way, with your gifts and your skills, are supposed to be going out into the world and telling people the story about this covenant and saying, hey, come on board. God loves you. He wants you for all eternity. Is that what you want? If, if we do that, we make it to the point sometime, although if you look at the, what's going on in the world, I'm not so sure. It's going to take a short time. I think it's going to take a very long time. But if we get more people on board believing and praying for the, the coming of the Lord, hastening it, he just might come. So we do have influence on when that's going to happen. Now, people say, look at the wars, look at this. It's all a sign of the end times. Well, if you read history, it's always been the end times, really. Has it ever been what God wanted? No. And that's because of us. So here's the point uh, of, of Advent in our Christian lives, living holy lives. We're supposed to be going into the world and not suddenly stop doing godly things because nobody else is doing it or it's hard or difficult. But we're supposed to be going into the world and showing Jesus Christ in our words and deeds. Being able to teach people about Jesus. To say, you know, you were created in the image and likeness of God to one day be with God for all eternity and to know a happiness and joy that we only get little hints of each and every day. Is that what you want? And if people want that, then we have to work with them and accompany them. And then as we accompany them, they will give us gifts so that we can be holier than we were the day before. So there's an awful lot of work that needs to be done, obviously. And it starts here. It's not a miraculous, well, we just wait on the Lord. Well, we do. We have to be patient, certainly. But it shouldn't be a sit-back patience. It should be an active patience where we actually do go out with the idea, I want everybody to be saved. I want everybody to be with the Lord. Therefore, what am I doing to encourage other people, influence other people? You know, that, that's the definition of leadership. When you have influence... And everybody has influence. Now, some people have bad influence because that's how they choose to use their influence. But we all have influence. And we're called to use it as leaders to tell the gospel message. Now, not everybody is a teacher. That's a charismatic gift. Not everybody is a, an evangelist. That's a charismatic gift. Not everybody is an administrator. That is a charismatic gift. And all these gifts are given to us to build up the church, which means not literally this building, but people, bring people, uh, add people to the church. So we don't all have all of the charismatic gifts that we need in order to go out and bring more people in so we can hasten the coming of the Lord. But if you think about it, if we take all of us here today, all gathered we probably got all the major gifts that we need to be a very powerful parish that is a sign of the, the, the goodness of the Lord. So let's say someone has the gift of hospitality. Okay, that's a, that's a very, very important one. And people with the gift of hospitality think, 
I want people to come to me. I want to, to uh, serve them. And that's what we are, servants. I want to serve them. I'm going to go next door to my neighbor, and I'm going to invite them to dinner. Now, that person may say, but I'm not a good cook. Okay, who's got the gift of cooking? Not that that's a charismatic gift, but if you got that skill, you, you get together with the hospitable person. And then what else do we need? Well, we put all those gifts, we decide what are the gifts we need, and we, you know, it's like uh, one from behind door one, one from behind door two, and we put them all together, and we're much more than just individuals. That's, that's how the church is supposed to work. Now, do we know each other well enough to say, you know, I think you got this particular gift. Would you work with me so that we, in our own way, and then we'll get a couple other people, so that in our own way, according to our own giftedness, we can go out into the world and influence other people so that they too will say, you know, I want that new covenant fulfilled too. I want to be part of it. I want to be ready when the Lord comes to say, Hallelujah, Lord, praise your name. I'm so glad you're here. That's how the church is supposed to work. Now, it's not working that way, or it's not working well in that way. Yes, there are pockets, individuals, maybe a couple people doing those things to hasten the coming of the Lord, but we all got to get on board. Nobody can be left out. Everybody has some gift or gifts that God has given them specifically so that this great covenant, covenant, this new covenant, Jesus Christ, will say, okay, they've gotten far more people, I'm ready. Let's, let's get going with the, the final coming of the Lord. So that's our task. That's what we're called to do. Uh, we can come to church every Sunday and go home and go right back into a routine that really, you know, just blends in with our secular society, in which case it's not really doing anything. But we don't want to blend in. Now, I'm not talking about being pushy, you know, and grabbing people and saying, have you been saved? You know the Lord and Savior. Although if that's your gift, I'm not standing in the way of that. <laughs> because there's a reason for it, if that is the gift God has given you. But we all have these gifts. So some questions. What are my gifts? Do I know what my gifts are? Do I know what the gifts of other people are in the community? Am I using my gifts? Am I trying to hasten the coming of the Lord? Do I want the Lord to come soon? What am I doing in this community? And what are we doing as leaders in this community to come to know one another better? So we can say, oh, you like to do that. You know, let's get together and do X, Y, Z. And again, it's not just with neighbors and friends that we already know. I mean, we, we continue that as well. But the stranger. Go out where the strangers are. People on our streets we don't know at all. But to go out there and show that we want to live holy lives and influence other people. And the more we do that, the holier we're going to get. Because we're going to be challenged right and left. We're also going to be given more gifts the more we go out and serve other people. So in a nutshell, that's Advent. Advent is saying, remember the great covenant, Jesus Christ coming. We're going to celebrate his incarnation. 
Then later on, we're going to celebrate his death, resurrection, and ascension. And we're looking forward to the last part of that covenant. And what are we doing to hasten it? What are we doing to get other people into the church so that just like Noah gathered all the animals and said, well, we're gathering all the people in the world to, into the church so that they too can be on fire with faith in Jesus Christ. So again, think about it. What are your gifts? Are you using them? What do you need to learn? We all need to learn how to use those gifts. Someone may say, yeah, I, I like um, you know, being hospitable. So how do I plug that in to my holy life as a Christian? And then to talk about it with other people. So we have the gifts. God has, it does not stint. He's not chintzy when it comes to bringing out gifts in us. But we have got to take those gifts and develop them and then go out into the world. So the covenant, we're living in it right now. We want to be around. It would be wonderful if we were actually around physically to see the, the final part of the covenant, but it doesn't matter. We need to be working towards that so that more people will want to uh, have that covenant fulfilled and be part of it, be part of the fulfillment of that covenant. So again, talk it up uh, with friends and families. What are your gifts? What, what, do you, what can you imagine doing to come together with people? Uh, what, what do you need the leadership of the parish to do to help you with that, to help you identify your gifts and then come together in groups that are active, uh, life peer groups, whatever you want to call them, that are always saying, what are we going to do today to bring about more people to the kingdom of God? So we've got the power. We've got the presence of the Lord. We've got the gifts. It's up to us then to say yes and to do the work so that we can be holy people and encouraging, influencing other people to become part of our, our community and hopefully hasten the coming of the Lord. So 